Welcome to Illuminate, a podcast to help you find your way through the light of God's Word. I'm C.J. Hitz, and I'm here with my wife, Shelly Hitz. And we're actually going to look at another one of those stories in the Old Testament that's tucked away in there. 2 Chronicles chapter 32 is the uh, the reference point for those of you that want to have your Bibles uh, ready and, and following along. But uh, this is a story of King Hezekiah and uh, just a mighty victory that was even brought, you know, during his reign, Shelley. Yeah, so, you know, as, you know, I've been reading back through the Old Testament this year, you know, you and I have been reading through the Bible together. It's really interesting to see, you know, there's a lot of evil kings, and then there's some good kings. And Hezekiah was one of the good guys, you know. He was one of the good kings. And it's interesting because if you go back a couple chapters, Second Chronicles 29 verses two to three, it says he did what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. And in the very first month of his reign, he took action to take back Judah for the Lord. It says he reopened the doors of the temple. He repaired them. And he did all this work to really bring God back to the center of the nation. But then in 2 Chronicles 30, verse 6, it said he called Israel to return to the Lord. So, I mean, he was just really bringing people back to the Lord. He removed pagan shrines and altars. And in 2 Chronicles 31, verse 21, I love this. It says he sought God wholeheartedly. And as a result, was very successful. And so just kind of having that background information about him, like he was the real deal. Like he was taking action from the very first month he was, you know, in office as king. He says he sought the Lord wholeheartedly, and that was why he was successful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's some correlations. If you guys listened to our previous podcast on uh, King Jehoshaphat and his uh, predicament, you know, with another invading army that um, they that the Lord delivered them from, you're going to see a similar theme with, with this guy, King Hezekiah. You know, he had made all these changes. And take a look at verse 1 of chapter 32 which, you know, begins uh, the passage we're looking at. And it says, After Hezekiah had faithfully carried out this work. Which work? Well, all of the work of getting rid of idols and and appointing people to, you know, uh, reinstitute all kinds of things that had gone dormant, you know, and worshiping God and making him the center of culture. So King Sennacherib of Assyria invaded Judah. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so after he did all this work, guess what happened? Well, there was an enemy that came along. And again, <laughs> we can see a similar theme in our own lives. Folks, when we endeavor to make changes in our lives, rest assured you are stirring up a hornet's nest. The enemy does not want to give up that ground. He has worked hard for that ground in your life, my life. And so we just need to know, just as we look over Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, that anything good that happened for the Lord was met with some resistance. Yeah, and, you know, it says then in verse 5, you know, after Hezekiah, like, he realized that they were going to be attacked. 
it says in verse 5, Hezekiah worked hard at repairing all the broken sections of the wall, erecting towers, and constructing a second wall outside the first. And I thought this was interesting because, you know, sometimes we want the easy way. We, we just want to snap our fingers, say our prayer, and have it be done. But, you know, it says Hezekiah worked hard at repairing all the broken sections. And I guess I just want to ask all of us today, like, to just just to think, like, where are we vulnerable to the enemy? And what can we do to repair those broken sections of the wall, those vulnerabilities? What are some things that maybe God is is asking us to do? And yes, sometimes it is that four-letter word of work. (laughs) Sometimes we do have to put in the effort, but it is worth it. And so he started preparing for this attack. Yeah, and just right on that verse 5, I I also noticed that, Shelly, and just, you know, that we when we spend time in prayer, you know, in God's word, really just allowing ourselves to saturate in that and to marinate in God's word. Essentially what we're doing is we're giving the Lord an opportunity to repair our own walls and fortifying ourselves, you know, in Christ. Essentially we're we're patching up the walls so that the enemy doesn't have that easy way to get in, that foothold that uh, so often occurs and um uh, when you're drenching yourself in God's word and you're spending time in prayer, there's just a power to be had that the Lord offers us. And, uh, you know, sometimes we have to learn the hard way. Sometimes uh, some of our, our walls need to be shattered and and the enemy come waltzing in and then we get embarrassed for a moment. Thankfully, we have a God that forgives us and wants to set us uh, on the right path again. But many times uh, we do open up the enemy's attack by our lack of uh, really spending time with the Lord and allowing him to fortify us. Yeah, you know, it talks about in the New Testament, renewing our mind with his truth. And, you know, there's so much that we could say about that, but maybe we can do that in another podcast. (laughs) Yeah. But in verse 6, it says, Then Hezekiah encouraged the people by saying, Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria or his mighty army. For... Now listen to this. There is a power far greater on our side. He may have a great army, but they are merely men. Mm. We have the Lord, our God, to help us and to fight our battles for us. Mm. Amen. This is huge, people. Um, and the key word that I underline in that in those two verses, verses 7 and 8, is that word merely. You know, when we encounter obstacles, everything can can essentially be described as merely when compared with our God. Yeah. Everything you face, you could look at that and say, well, yeah, but that's merely compared to how big my God is. I mean, my God spoke the universe, uh, spoke the world into existence, uh, created everything in less than seven days. Um Surely he can handle my situation here. Surely he can, you know, I've got I've got a rent or a mortgage coming up due, and I don't know this month where I'm going to get that money. Um, it could be anything that you're facing, obstacles that lie before you. 
when compared to the surpassing greatness of our God, it can be described as merely. Yeah, I love that. And then, you know, after he finished saying it, it said Hezekiah's words greatly encouraged the people. Mm-hmm. And many times the Lord wants to use us to encourage others. You know, some of us have a gift of encouragement. I, I feel like that I have that. But then I, I really be, believe we're all meant to encourage each other at different times. And the Lord can give us the words to say. But, you know, after that, it says the king of Assyria... Um, sent this message for Hezekiah, and it goes on and on and on and on. (laughs) Basically, um, trying to plant doubt in Hezekiah's mind that God can really rescue them. And it was almost like he was taunting them. Or I like to think of it like trash talk. Like if you're on the basketball court, I played basketball for a few years in high school. And there would just be some girls that would just kind of trash talk and try to get into your head and try to, you know, lower your um, defenses by getting into your head. And it says they even in verse 16, it says his office, um, the king of Assyria's officers mocked the Lord God, heaping insult upon insult. And so sometimes our enemies will come after us hard to try, even when we're standing strong, we've made a strong stand to try to get us to back down. Yeah, you know, this is this is the same tactics that are used, you know, by, by Satan and his, uh, his so-called officers. Um, you know, it just seems like uh, intimidation, taunting, uh, just doing everything possible to get us to go off course early rather than really trusting and believing God. Yeah. In verse 18, even says they were trying to terrify them so it would be easier to capture the city. You know, and and it's those mind games. Like if if, um, the enemy can get into our mind and plant those seeds of doubt and fear and all of these other, you know, whatever it might be, confusion, you know, it can really get us off our game, so to speak. And that's what the, you know, Assyrians were trying to do to the, um, you know, Israelites. Yeah. And, you know, Sennacherib is actually even uh, twisting uh, words, you know, Earlier in the previous chapter, we see that Hezekiah ordered that shrines and Asherah poles and anything that was worshipped on behalf of other idols was was to be destroyed in town after town after town. And so this was because the Lord wanted uh, the people to come and worship um, in Jerusalem rather than to just do their own thing and kind of create other variations of worshiping things. They kept it centralized. Well, Sennacherib twists things and he says, well, wasn't it, you know, it was Hezekiah who destroyed all the Lord's shrines and altars. And so he twists that, trying to get the people to believe that, no, Hezekiah, he's been doing this stuff to you guys. He's destroying all these these good things, you know, these other towns. And in reality, God is the one that commanded Hezekiah to do so to prevent this idol worship. Yeah. So you can expect the enemy to twist all kinds of things, pit you against somebody in your office or your school. Yeah, they've been doing this and this. You you need to like set yourself against them. And, 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 and the enemy just really confuses us to where 
we even forget that, no, there's a greater enemy at work here. We start looking at people as our main enemies instead of knowing there's a deeper spiritual battle with a lot more at stake going on. Yeah, you know, the Bible says our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's yeah. against, you know, the spiritual powers and the principalities. And so in verse 20, it says what King Hezekiah's response was. And again, similar, <clears throat> excuse me, similar to Jehoshaphat, it says the king, then King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, cried out in prayer to God in heaven. Mm. They cried out to him. They, they didn't allow the enemy to paralyze them or to cause them to just shrink back. They pushed through and they cried out to the Lord. In the very next verse, verse 21, it says, And the Lord sent an angel, so that tells me it's probably just one angel, who destroyed the Assyrian army with all its commanders and officers. Whoa, like one angel. Yeah. You know, and uh, Sennacherib, again, sending messages through his officers, tried to use the old, you know, hey, your God's just like every other, you know, culture that we've come against. And we've, they've not been able to stand against us. And your God's going to go down just like every other God's gone down. I mean, just taunting. And here lies the problem and really the ignorance of a guy like Sennacherib is that he didn't realize that he wasn't dealing with a simple idol yeah. made of wood or made of metal, made of iron, bronze, whatever it might be, some pole that's erected. This is God Almighty who actually gave this arrogant king the breath in his lungs to be able to actually even make those taunting statements. And so, again, when you're dealing with that kind of power, at some point, the Lord, I would have loved to have seen that conversation in heaven. Hey, uh, Gabriel or Michael, hey, hey uh, go take care of the business for me. You know, <laughs> you know, almost, you know, I'm not trying to make God seem like he's Big Al, you know, in the mob, but I'm just saying it only took one guy, one angel right. to wipe out this army of how many, Shelly? A hundred and eighty thousand. Wow. Are you kidding me? Yeah. A hundred and eighty thousand people. I don't know if you've seen that many people gathered in one place recently, but that's a big crowd. Yeah. And they had already come against many nations and defeated them. And so they were on a roll. Like they were the the you know, the team to beat, so to speak. They were on top. And yet the Lord put all of that to an end. I mean, there's one verse, one angel, and it was it was done. <laughs> In verse done. 22, it says, That is how the Lord rescued Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem and um, from the king of Assyria and from all the others who threatened them. So there was peace throughout the land. From mm. then on, King Hezekiah became highly respected among all the surrounding nations, and many gifts for the Lord arrived at Jerusalem with valuable presents for King Hezekiah too. Yeah. And so uh, as you read that passage, you'll even see that uh, King Sennacherib of Syria actually was uh, assassinated by uh, a few of his sons because there was such a disgrace in terms of losing that many people and 
of course, uh, you know, it made them look bad. And, you know, you could go on and on, you know, down that road. But let's just jump ahead to verse 25 now. We see kind of uh, a little side story going on here with Hezekiah. Uh, actually, back in verse 24, it says, About that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill. He prayed to the Lord who healed him and gave him a miraculous sign. And then verse 25, But Hezekiah did not respond appropriately to the kindness shown him. And he became, what was that word? Proud. Proud. <laughs> Something we just read about regarding King Sennacherib, you know, uh, of the enemy armies. So the Lord's anger came against him and against Judah and Jerusalem. And so just this pride, just it just shows you how far-reaching our pride is, that it affects more than just us. And then finally in verse 26, it does say that Hezekiah humbled himself and repented of his pride, as did the people of Jerusalem. Folks, that's the proper response. So the Lord's anger did not fall on them during Hezekiah's lifetime. And, you know, I uh, the thing that stands out to me there is that even Hezekiah was vulnerable to pride, as we all are. Sometimes we, we uh, get in these situations where a little seed of pride just keeps growing. And um, the only thing that's going to chop that, that pride tree down, you know, is, is humility. And uh, humility has great influence with God Almighty. We've seen that over and over uh, in the, the main story in this podcast, as well as the previous one with Jehoshaphat. Humility, prostrating ourselves before the Lord, crying out to Him, really moves the Lord's heart. Yeah, and you know, it's just, it's such a great reminder that there is always a second chance. You know, Hezekiah had another chance, and he took it. He repented. Now, some of the kings did not take it. They they just continued on, you know, with, <laughs> with their sin. But we always have that second chance. We always have that opportunity to seek God. And I just want to re- read again the verse from Second Chronicles 30, verse 21. I think that, or 31, verse 21. And... It said, um, well, actually, let me go back to verse 20. In this way, King Hezekiah handled the distribution throughout all Judah, doing what was pleasing and good in the sight of the Lord his God. And then verse 21, it says, In all that he did in the service of the temple of God and in his efforts to follow God's laws and commandments, Hezekiah sought his God wholeheartedly. As a result, he was very successful. And so I just want to ask you today, are you really seeking the Lord wholeheartedly? Is there a corner of your heart that's, you know, just really given into pride or, you know, something else like, you know, um, you know, just encourage you to seek the Lord wholeheartedly and um, really believe that, you know, I I can't promise that you're going to have riches and all of these things, but I really believe the Lord will honor that and he will, um, he will make you successful in the ways that he has for you. Yeah. 
So we're going to wrap up this episode, uh, kind of close in prayer here. And and just as we, as we come to the Lord in prayer, you know, just seek the Lord wholeheartedly yourself, just as Hezekiah and, uh, and his people did. Lord, we just thank you so much for this story that's tucked away in 2 Chronicles. We thank you, Lord, that we have examples that have gone before us of those who cried out uh, to you, those who had no other option. They said, you know what, if, if the Lord doesn't come through, we're dead ducks here. And so, Lord, I, I just ask that each of us would have that attitude of humility that says, I need you, Lord. I need you every hour, uh, as the song, as the great hymn says. And, and so, Lord, I pray that we would uh, develop a reliance on you that we wouldn't just buy into the world's way of doing things that says, oh, you can be self-sufficient and self-reliant. You can edit God out of the picture. You don't need God. Lord, that's sheer arrogance and stupidity. And we see over and over again what that got uh, Israel and what it even gets us today. You know, we may last for a little while, but uh, eventually the enemy overruns us as this battle is not against flesh and blood, but of spiritual uh, powers. And so, Lord, I just pray that uh, those who are listening would seek you wholeheartedly. May we be people who can share testimonies of God coming through, uh, whether it's the 11 o'clock hour or whenever you desire, Lord, that you come through in victory and that we would share that testimony with others. And we just thank you, Lord, for the stories that are going to happen uh, as we do so. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening today. If this episode has whet your appetite to read God's Word, we've got a free gift for you. Download CJ's ebook, Fuel for the Soul, for free at illuminateshow.com. Let's live illuminated lives. This is the Illuminate Podcast.